Welcome back. Coming up, we've got a harrowing quest of magic from CU, the extreme controversy over net neutrality, and a questions without an answer. This is the podcast where you're getting the Gen Z view on current events, issues, noteworthy people, and everything in between. Get ready. We hope you grow along with us today. All right, let's coffee talk. So, we are going to start off with headlines. This is an article from the Daily Camera titled, CU Game Design Class Births Survival Quest Featuring Magic Mushrooms, Rabid Raccoons, and Cannibalism. Hmm. And so Sounds like a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded crazy. Yeah. Um, what started out as pitching a game design for a class uh, became developing and selling the first commercial game for CU's game design course. Very fun. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so this course was started about two years ago as part of the master's engineering program at Atlas. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, so it was made by a student named Danny Rankin. Or Rankin, I'm not sure how he <laughs> it. And then uh, with some help from Matthew Sisson, who's a local game developer mm-hmm. and is also the owner of the Enigma Escape Rooms. Very cool. Yeah. So That's awesome. A bunch of, I, I never thought of, um, like I knew like, someone made games, I always... I guess I overlooked that it's like a whole career, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it, but yeah. But yeah, um, so this game is called Ravine, and it's a survival card game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I was reading through this and it, this game sounds like so much fun. It's, yeah, so you start out uh, with like six heart tokens, mm-hmm. and they're all for your health. And then throughout the game, various different events will kind of deplete or um, give you hearts. Mm. Right? Um, so for example, one thing that depletes hearts is like foraging for food or supplies. So there are also these things called night cards. Um, basically what these are, um, they really are meant to add a lot of complexity to the game, so it's not too simple for players. Um, and they can be obstacles, so they are, they can be good or bad obstacles, basically. Um, so there's a quote here, it says, they can be like, quote, horrors as rabid raccoons, as well as benign beasts, like an owl that hoots reassuringly, end quote. Um, and then these can really add to the health points and they can even deplete the health points. Mm-hmm. So it really is like, add a lot, adding a little more spice to the game, pretty much. Yeah, like challenges that everyone's gotta face. Yeah. It through. Um, my favorite thing about this is the madness cards because um, they're basically these cards where you have to draw one if you've lost too many health points. Mm-hmm. And so they work kind of like the rule cards in Quelph where it's like a rule that you have to abide by for the rest yes. of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so for example, um, one of the cards like has them has a has the player saying everything that they say mm-hmm. going forward another one has something like they can't speak unless they're addressed oh like that's in a tragic way. <laughs> <laughs> um but i think this is a really cool thing like having uh, this is all stemming from an assignment yeah. in class mm-hmm. and so like this is already it's gonna go on to be bigger than that and i think that's really cool how it's just like from a small assignment that he like scramble to finish yeah exactly just for the deadline just for the deadline yeah Yeah, exactly i think it's really cool and it like to me it speaks to like 
the opportunity in college mm -hmm. and like what you can do mm -hmm. in college. So I think it's really cool. And it makes me excited for like whatever I'm trying to do in college too. Yeah, for sure. It like completely opens the doors. Because we were saying, um, <clears throat> so this Kickstarter is accepting backers until December 7th. Mm -hmm. And they won't be shipped until sometime in April. But yeah, so if you're really, if this sounds interesting, definitely, you know, you can check into that. We might put it in our show notes. Yeah, for um, sure. But then, yeah, so then after that, the card game will also be sold online and in a few retail stores. Um, which is awesome. So, like, I yeah, mean, imagine it's going way bigger than I thought it was going to. Danny. Mm -hmm. Danny, and he's like, his game that he developed is being sold in, like, it's a card game, right? So yeah. it's going to be sold at, like, Target or something. Yes! And you can go over there and <laughs> uh -huh. be like, that's my game. That, that will be our next project, or a project to add to the list. Things to do. Oh my gosh, yes. So we want to play it. Yes, um, we will and play it. We want to like record it and put it on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Shout out to our YouTube channel. We have a lot of fun <laughs> stuff planned for it, even though we haven't done anything. We keep saying we have a lot of stuff, but we actually do. So yeah. Yep. Ivy said before, this was actually a part of a master's engineering program at Atlas here at CU. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really cool because um, I think we're both looking at the TAM certificate here we, yeah. at mm -hmm. CU, <laughs> which is cool. It stands for Technology, Arts, and Media. Yeah. And to me, I think it's basically just like an all-encompassing certificate about like producing creative work through like coding, I guess, and video work. Like utilizing technology to mm -hmm. kind of accomplish it. To, yeah, so I think it's really cool. I mean, this game design program or this game design course that Danny is in—it's um, like the first. Or it's the—it's the third year now. It's the third year. Yeah. Oh, it's the third year now, which is really cool. How it's like so new and stuff. Because mm -hmm. I like new things. <laughs> and my college is pretty new, so it's really cool to be a part of like a new thing. Because mm -hmm. it means like you know. Why I appreciate it is because that means that the. Um, all the faculty are like really invested in um, your, you know, success because they yeah. want the program to be successful as well. Yeah, that's so true. that's really why. I Probably why it. you know they bring in like professionals such as this and to kind of like mentor mm -hmm. the students who are in the classes, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but it's really <clears throat> cool. It's on Kickstarter right now. Yep. I uh, just I don't know. This game makes me so excited. Well, okay, it's a funny contradiction. So the Tam. TAM is for like, you know, really utilizing um, technology yes. to, you know, do all this stuff. I was interesting in this article, so the uh, teacher for this, I don't remember his name, but it's just like the professor wanted them, they're gonna, oh, rewind, rewind, the, <laughs> the game assignment. Uh -huh. used to have this one requirement like there's a lot of requirements right that you have to have right. your, for your game one of the requirements was that you had to have like one electronic or like sort of technological component right. to your game and interestingly enough the professor decided to take that part out of the assignment because he felt that it took like the students would get too absorbed in the complexity of the technology side of it, hmm. that it would take away from the essence of the game. Well, that's an interesting way of thinking. Yeah, um, but now that I think about it, you know, this game sounds pretty simple, but I feel like it could have, like, we could have so much fun with it. Yeah, honestly, that's true. because I, mean, I think yeah. the cards um, are just so ridiculous that it's just would be the most entertaining game to play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems really creative and like. Playing with other people would be so much fun, mm -hmm. which is what we're planning to do. Yes. Because this sounds 
it's fine. Yes. And it reminds me of like, I want to get this game. you know, the games like Dungeons and Dragons and like those role playing games mm-hmm. and how like those have captured the imaginations of millions of people yeah. across many years. So mm-hmm. maybe this will like, be the next a reason. one. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Um, what in speaking about game design as well, you know, they learn about really the people who are in this class are either like really familiar with board games or just know a few things like Monopoly and like Shoot and Ladders or classic mm-hmm. games like that. And um, I thought it was funny that they say that these are quote examples of terrible design. Hmm. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's just because so he said it's because like they it just kind of is monotonous. Yeah. And you don't have like much variance and it's, you know, it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Quote, it's no fun. The end of Monopoly is when someone storms off. And oh, <laughs> So I like how, yeah, but I mean, I low-key relate. I don't really like that game. Well, right. that's, that's a personal thing. Oh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. When I read about this game and just the little elements of it, it yeah. just sounds... So much fun. Yeah, and like, there, I don't know, there's like... The purpose, of course, is just to survive, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Like everyone's involved. More yeah, it's really cool. Like that. So if you want to go and help back this game, help out maybe a fellow CU student, if you're a CU student yourself, mm-hmm. um, it is going to be a Kickstarter, and we will put the link in our show notes on our Facebook notes tab, yep. um, which is really cool how you can be a part of it yeah. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean... And just knowing that this is like... Yeah. You know, CU's first commercial game. Mm-hmm. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. If you want to learn more, um, well, of course, this article in the Daily Camera yep. by Shea Castle will be um, linked. So you can mm-hmm. check it out there. Yep. I mean, speaking of technology and, mm-hmm. you know, the internet. Oh, the internet. Oh, the internet. <laughs> what a great segue. Such, such a good part of our life. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but our, that might be threatened. <laughs> <laughs> our next article is from the New York Times. It's titled, Nat Neutrality Hits a Nerve, Electing Intense Reactions. Mm. And Very intense. Yeah. As the title suggests, this article is talking about the controversy that um, ending net neutrality has kind of sparked. Right. Right. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, net neutrality is kind of this policy that was established by the Federal Communications Commission um, saying that companies like AT&T and Verizon can't um, charge internet sites, or quote, charge internet sites for delivering their data to consumers' homes. Yeah, and it is definitely in danger right now. A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So the newly appointed chairman, uh, Mr. Pai, I, I can't... Pronounce his yeah, first can't name, pronounce but, his name. But uh, yeah, so Mr. Pai is proposing to get rid of net neutrality and then, quote, bring back the regulation-free policy that helped the internet thrive. Mm. Um, and I think by thrive, honestly, I feel like this is all about money. <laughs> it definitely is about money. Um, because getting rid of this would allow um, places to charge, like, like I guess the quality of internet that you It's like how fast. Receive. I think it's, it has to do with connection speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of uproar about this because people are saying, they're jumping to a conclusion that they, the internet service providers um, that are vying for the 
for the proposal to pass that they would be charged charging consumers more mm-hmm. and they would do some sort of weird system kind of like packaging the types of services yeah yeah so if you like get your social package here that's that's how you can do you know facebook twitter and pinterest mm-hmm. and then do your entertainment package that's like ten dollars more and then <laughs> it's netflix and youtube and stuff like that mm-hmm. so that's like the big uproar about it and it does happen in other countries mm-hmm. um but something that my brother was arguing when we were talking about this was that that's not necessarily the most valid conclusion that you could come to because um, he said it has a lot to do about the reputation of ISPs here in America because um, their reputations are not good here. Yeah. They're pretty much one of the most hated uh, companies and organizations I- ISPs here. are internet service providers. Yeah, so that's like Comcast <clears throat> and Time Warner. I don't know what else there are. I only know Comcast. MyQuest. CenturyLink, yeah. MyQuest, I think. Stuff like that. I think Verizon does it too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, basically he said, with that in mind, these ISPs probably would not make the customers foot this bill. They would instead um, ask the companies that are providing services to foot the bill, basically. Mm -hmm. So instead of um, charging, like, a household, like... I don't even know how much they're thinking of, like 20 more dollars a month, mm-hmm. which is a lot in the long run. Um, they would instead ask Netflix and Facebook to pay more to make sure that the traffic and the speed that goes to, the, to their websites would stay the same or just stay faster mm-hmm. than is acceptable. So Yeah, um, but in that, turn, that, that thing will still kind of trickle, trickle down, down, down to right. the consumers anyway. Yeah, especially with like Netflix and stuff. Yeah. Like that... Um, that would make Netflix uh, increase their own prices. But this is, he was arguing that in this way, it was a lot more subtle than directly sending you a bill. Because instead of getting a bill from Comcast, seeing this like ridiculous amount being mm-hmm. charged on extra, it, the cost would instead come from like Netflix just adding maybe like $2 more onto your monthly mm-hmm. Netflix subscription, which is, they've done it before and people would not think about um, pretty much why Netflix is doing it. They're just thinking, oh, Netflix oh, is just raising price. price. Exactly. So he's like, I mean, yeah, so yeah, that's definitely so, a possibility. Mm-hmm. So there's two like different ways it could go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, a lot of people are like, you know, on that, on the other side where, oh, they're going to bundle and they're going to, like, make us pay more for this internet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. And I'm not, like, advocating for, like, abolishing net neutrality. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that it won't be as, like, terrible as, like, people might think. Mm -hmm. It might not be as terrible, I'm just saying. But, um... To play devil's advocate. To play a devil's advocate, yes. And (laughs) there's just a lot more. It has to do with money, yeah, for sure. No, for sure, it does. Um... Well, this guy named Rush Limbaugh, who's a radio host, uh, in favor of this, was saying that people can choose superior service if they are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that's that. And yeah. we were talking about how it's, you know, we're very capitalist. We're not. Do you think so, though? The U.S.? We're pretty capitalist? We're, like, in between. Yeah. We're like, because I think there's um, the side that wants to keep it, obviously, which are the which is Google and Facebook and the big tech companies, because mm-hmm. obviously if it did get abolished, they would have to pay more. Oh, that, and that it would be, like, really bad for startups. Yeah, they said it would hurt innovation and the economy, yeah. because I think their reasoning is that 
no one, they would not have equal opportunity to start out. Yeah. Because like if net neutrality was abolished and this new system came into place, mm -hmm. that means anyone who wanted to challenge, say, Google by starting up a new search engine, they would not, they wouldn't have like the resources to maybe like pay Comcast to um, increase like the connection speed to their website in the same way that Google could. Yeah. Um, and that would, they would probably just like filter out, fizzle out and not be a true competitor. So they, there are, that's the argument they're saying like, you know, compet competition would just become worse and in turn that would be worse for consumers as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay, I see. That makes sense-ish. <laughs> yeah, um, but you made a good point earlier we were talking about this outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said that, uh, you know, all these people are protesting online, mm -hmm. but they're not being taken maybe that seriously by the FCC who... Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, another thing that people are, you know, protesting about is because the... is because, like, the conclusion that everyone's, like, really jumping to is just, like, that it would, quote, would lead to an authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a big handout to the big companies, like you said, because they're not going to be affected right. so much by it. Um, but once again, like, oh, I just wanted to touch on this before I talked yeah. about um, the protesting, just because this is like another argument mm -hmm. that, you know, the we risk giving companies like the power to filter what information, yeah. you know, is and who's, who's able to access whatever information that they choose. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ian's counter to that was like, well, but I mean, our things already are filtered to what we want to see. Like he talked about our, like our feed, our Facebook on, feed, like, Facebook. you got your own personal bubble. You can't yeah. really see anything that's outside your own views. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was, it was like a step back and it was like, yeah, we don't realize that it's yeah. already filtered as it is. Yeah. That's so true. like, so your argument is invalid. <laughs> a little bit. Well, <laughs> invalid-ish. Yeah, all the issues. A um, bit. But yeah, so a lot of people, you know, have been trying to reach out to local representatives, you know, to get everything back onto the uh, big uh, scale. You mm -hmm. know, because the, honestly, there isn't much time left on December 14th. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's when the FCC meets and we'll make the decision on yep. whether or not to pass the proposal. Yeah, and it's it's going to be f just five FCC commissioners. And three are, are in favor of, of the proposal. It. Yep. So, you know, it's not looking so great, yeah. but, um, you know, there's still time to, like, convince them, right? Right. Of doing so. So there's, you know, um, people, like I said, have been contacting their local representatives, um, have been sending emails to, like, the chairmen, different commissioners, mm -hmm. um, you know, posting things on Twitter, lots of Twitter posts, right. and um, just on the FCC's page yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely a lot of outrage. Yeah, but the thing is, is because they can't determine whether um, these posts or these emails right, are, like, from actual people or, like, fake accounts, you know, to make yeah, it look like there are more there people are outraged about it. creators and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the main argument, I think, you know, maybe the FCC would, those in favor would they're use, gonna, you mm -hmm. know, they're like, oh, we can't tell, maybe it's not as big of an issue as everyone online is saying. Yeah. So I think it's interesting how, like, 
the internet has changed maybe how we can effectively protest things mm -hmm. because of that issue, yeah. bots and stuff, and maybe like creating this impression that there would be more people against it when in reality there may not be. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really, the one thing is like actually calling everyone. Yeah. Or people. Call in, speak face to well, no, well like speak and like hear the voices, say your own spiel and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's. Let us know what yeah. you're gonna do. What like what do you think about how this is going? Right, maybe. Do you think people are making too big of a deal mm -hmm. about this, you know, change? Um, it, to me, it looks like it's probably going to get approved. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know, um, and I think it's just gonna because be of that. You know, like uh, this chairman was he was appointed. He was by... appointed by our current president, mm -hmm. and our current president's you know view on this is yeah. that it should get taken down yeah uh so yeah it just it looks like it's probably going to go out but that doesn't mean there are companies that are getting ready to sue like right on the 14th mm. after they do that we'll once see. again it's probably because they don't want to have to pay they more don't want to pay exactly so well please let us know mm -hmm. um we really like, would be interested to see maybe what are you doing specifically mm -hmm. have you called yeah or um are you comfortable with that that means yeah, I helped my sister with some emails, but she, she emailed a lot more people than I thought she was going to. <laughs> I don't know how who's responded or if they even have, but I was impressed. She's like, she was quite um, passionate. Civil participation. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for my corner, we're going to move on to something a little more lighthearted. Right. Uh, so I want to get your take on Justice League and Thor Ragnarok, and pretty much the whole debate between maybe DC, the DC Extended Universe films, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, and like maybe this like weird thing that fans on both sides are accusing of, and like critics, how they play in this. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I know you've seen Justice League. Yes, I saw Justice League. I haven't seen Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. Right. Um, but basically, the gist of it, um, these, this is from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so, quote, Fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. Um, end quote. So, basically, um, the gist of it is that they're putting together the Justice League. <laughs> um, <laughs> putting it back together because of Superman. Oh, spoiler! Spoiler! Oh, well, actually, not a spoiler. Never mind. Well, they I guess already... it was in the trailer. Yeah. Well, okay. Basically, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and the Flash are a part of the team. And the spoiler alert: <clears throat> Superman comes back too. Is resurrected. Yeah, it was a weird scene. I I think he was um, shot out of proportion. Just a little bit. For sure. That team um, was way, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. He was way so too powerful. He, he was overpowering, like, Wonder Woman. Yeah, who's like, mm, She's like a demigod. I know, like, <laughs> she's Wonder Woman. They should have been at least, like you said, like, earlier, just level, at least. At least, or something like, yeah, she could, like, hold him down, maybe, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, the scene, they really hyped him up. It was really weird. He was, like, when the Flash was, like, running, and then he, like, turned his head to see him. Yeah. I was like... What the heck? I'm like, Superman is not, that's not one of his powers. He's not super fast. So yeah. I was like, okay. And then also just like, um, how is it? Kind of like how everything was so grim and ev like throughout the whole thing, people were like, you know, 
It's because yeah. he's gone. All these things are happening because mm-hmm. he's gone. Like, yeah. That I mean, that probably is what started the issues. Ish, you know that. I guess. Yeah. But, but still, I think low key overhyped just a little bit. A little. Doesn't mean I don't love. But him. Wonder Woman was great. Yes. Wonderful. I love okay. Her. Well, I mean, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a forty-one percent, which isn't the best. That's based on critics' reviews. Okay. They have here a critic consensus. It says here, quote, Justice League leaps over a number of DC movies. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but its single bound isn't enough to shed the murky aesthetic, thin characters, and chaotic fran- or chaotic action that continue to dog the franchise. Um, so murky, what was it, Drew? Murky aesthetic. Murky aesthetic. Thin characters and chaotic action. So they just don't like that it's not like the most exciting, happy movie. It's not like bright and... Yeah, I mean, 82% based on the audience score, they liked it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of DC fans were like, okay, and maybe non-DC fans, they just wanted to see a fun superhero movie. Yeah. Okay, solid. <laughs> but this is like based off, this is a, oh, I sent you that video. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like... Um, about how they write in order to, like, how they best... <laughs> how to best elect like a reaction from the audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they used Wonder Woman and like they're saying, you know, they could learn a lot from Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was a pretty well received and it gave a lot of hope for like the DCEU. Yeah. Um, so I was excited too after mm-hmm. watching it. But And they it, talked about how it's because a lot of writers are afraid of being quote unquote cheesy right. in their writing. Mm-hmm. So they add <clears throat> in like jokes or like comic relief yeah. too much right to exactly. kind of like you know make it make yeah, the they story shy keep away. going it was a lot about like they kind of shy away from like genuineness yeah and having genuine like feelings and, and emotion. stuff because you know there are scenes in wonder woman that were really powerful and impactful that may mm-hmm. have on the outside may have looked like cheesy and stuff you know mm-hmm. but um it was actually really powerful because you went through this whole journey with her yeah and i think part of the reason why it was so successful that movie was because of the hero's journey yeah uh, if you learned about that in school what up but yeah basically that's sophomore what i think year. sophomore year but yeah i think um you went through the story and then you know it comes to like this really powerful scene in wonder woman movie where she's like on this battlefield and then she's like goes up and like goes into the war field and it's like, just like runs yeah between the trenches between the trenches yeah. right and it was like oh yeah on the outside it could probably seem like whoa yeah wow okay but then it's like it's, okay yeah but in the movie theater you're like yes it was pretty powerful you're like yes go diana yeah she just went for <laughs> she it. just went and she's like oh you know i believe you know and i can save people and, yeah and it pushed um, everyone else to go up it did too, which is really cool and that's like contrasted versus the example they gave in the video mm-hmm. which was in doctor strange yeah um and he had his sort of like realization moment mm-hmm. where he puts on his cloak. Like self-actualization, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He puts on his cloak and, you know, it'd be like, I'm ready to Staring be into the mirror, like, like the hero yeah. and stuff like that. And then like his, his collar. cloak, collar thing, he like hits him Yeah, or and something. he's like trying to get his collar away from his face. Right, so it's like very dramatic, you know, build up. Yeah. You know, you're waiting for like the release with the orchestra and mm-hmm. stuff. And then it like hits him and then you're like, oh. Uh, and then it, it just kills it all. You it can't does. rebuild it. I mean, they called that. Like it. Yeah, but they, but. Maybe. Yeah, but oh, like emotional buildup wise, right. it's very costly. True, it, it the, is. For the mm-hmm. writer or someone. Um, the person who did this video um, defined this, or, or 
informed that this is called bathos. It's a technique. Yeah. And it should be. They said that like Marvel movies use it way too often. Yeah, it's、And、basically it, like subverting a dramatic moment with humor,、mm-hmm. and using it too often can be just like kind of distasteful, pretty、yeah. much. And that's what he accuses the Marvel movies of doing.、Mm-hmm. But Which I've seen, yeah. Yeah, but based on the way critics, because. I think you were telling me about how Thor Ragnarok got like a really good right, and you said that that movie was like hilarious. It was hilarious. It has a ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is awesome.、Mm-hmm. Um, the critic consensus is quote exciting, funny, and above all fun. Okay. Thor Ragnarok is a colorful cosmic adventure that sets a new standard for its franchise and the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. End quote. So that. It's interesting. It's on a pretty high pedestal, though. Right, and I was thinking it was definitely really funny. If you've seen it, it was like from the beginning. It was like a weird shift in tone, not really, but it was like really. It started off humorous, and that just set it for the rest of the movie. Because、mm-hmm. it starts off in like this. Oh, yep, this is me. You wonder how I got here, like, like kind of really like that. Yeah, like, like he's like hung the there, suspended in like a cage, and then he's like, it looks like he's pretending to us, talking、uh-huh. to us. But he's talking to a, like a skeleton that's like in place of us, you know.、Oh. <laughs> so it was really weird at first, and it was really funny.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's weird how critics are like this sets a new standard because、yeah. I was like, this could like fairly be considered a comedy movie. Yeah, it was like that much humor was in it now.、Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know if I'd want to watch Avengers: Infinity War with as much humor as this because、mm-hmm. like that would just completely. Change the tone of like the seriousness of whatever villain they're facing in、yeah. the next movie, you know,、mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I pers-、um, so it seems like because DC, like you said, was getting criticized for just having like a like a murky mood、mm-hmm. and kind of a darkest one, and it was about like how you know they're like Wonder Woman was great, but then like you were saying Man of Steel and like、um, Batman v Superman. Yeah, those two are both kind of dark, you know. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think the reason that the the ratings, like you know, between the audience and the critics, was so different is just because like sometimes you just need like a dark movie, you know, or like a sadish movie. You just it like has to create a balance. I think if all the movies were funny and just always comedic, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't have an impact, you、mm-hmm. know, and like you rooting for the heroes that. They're portraying and stuff、yeah. like that.、Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs>、um, <laughs> But we really like to know what you think. Yeah. Well, have you seen either of them? Yeah. Probably. Let I, us know how you've seen them. I、that. have no doubts that most of you、Did、have you seen like, at least one of them. Did you like Justice League better or Thor Ragnarok? Do you agree with critics and see that? Because I think there's also like a sort of like inherent bias, maybe, because、uh-huh. you know critics and everyone else are so.、Um, Ready or not, they're very inclined to like more funny and humorous things. Yeah. Or humorous like superhero movies because、mm-hmm. of the Marvel franchise. So.、Um, oh, I see. Maybe that's why they're like rated so lowly because of that.、Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think about that. Cause yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then for our questions without answer segment this week, our question is: Is living forever, <laughs> forever worth it?
<laughs> and my answer is no. I do not think it is worth yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot to live forever. It's just too long. What would you do with your life after a thousand years? Well, I actually, I don't know. I think maybe you would want to live forever to kind of see how everything just, changes. I guess, yeah, because I'm like, oh, but I won't be able to see like interstellar space travel that's accessible to everyone, you know? Like, yeah. I would maybe want to live that long to see something like that because uh-huh. I don't think that would happen in our lifetime. Uh-huh. So that's kind of maybe one of the reasons why. Uh-huh. I don't know if I want to live forever. Maybe, like, a compromise is, like, living longer than our lifespan okay. permits us now. So, like, doubling it, for example. Doubling it. 200, yeah. 200. <laughs> okay, we're not even at 100, I think, so. We, we've gone to 100. Are we? I mean, but it's hard. Well, not average. But right, not yeah. average. Okay, no, all right, gotcha. <laughs> but, yeah, I just think it would be really sad, though, if you lived forever. And then everyone that you care about dies. Yeah. And then you get <laughs> attached to other people, and then they die. Mm-hmm. Then you befriend other people. Yeah. And they die too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. That got dark. Perpetual loneliness. Okay, sorry. But yeah, it was... I think we're both in agreement about this question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this sounds silly, but you know, like, our world already has issues, right? And we all, like, live with our, those issues. Right. Like, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And you know that if these issues don't get solved now, you know, they're either gonna get solved which would be nice but then it's more likely that you know it's just gonna keep getting worse mm-hmm. it's like i don't want to live so long to see the worst worst of it yeah, which is bad that, yeah. i don't know why i had this odd thought about how well actually oh this is very strange so when you die right Same. most people are buried or they're cremated mm-hmm. or um you know they donate their body to science or whatever but either way like you bury a loved one right and or you spread their ashes somewhere and when i was little we used to talk about how yeah you know earth isn't gonna be around forever so we have to figure out a place that we can go instead Hmm. and i was literally my thought i was like then what happens to everybody that's still on earth like do we just unbury all of them and like take them with us or like i'm very confused how does this work oh wow and like they're like no they they you know, they're not living. Mm-hmm. We just leave it. Just and I was it. like, what? I was shook. I was shook. Because it was like, we just done. Not that they blow up and then we just carry on. Like, yeah. So why does it with like atta- our human attachment to just like, you know, places that we've been. Right. Things that, you know, we've done. Mm. Places or people we, we've met or, you know, have yeah. loved. It's, it's so strange because then if you live forever you would have to like leave it over leave and over it and yeah. even like our attachment to our modern day life right mm-hmm. yeah you know because i think about like the people who have lived like a century mm-hmm. they've they probably just don't even recognize the world that they live in you know yeah true i don't know where that quote was there was some somewhere who yeah i have no idea but it was like this old man and he was like going out and they were like, don't do it. And he was like, well, I don't, don't recognize do <laughs> the world that I live in anyway. Oh. And it was really sad, but also like, dang, like that's true. Cause things change so much. So I personally can't imagine like having to go through that cycle even once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let us know what you think. Do you have a different answer to us than us? You know, maybe you do want to live forever and give your reasoning why. Cause 
It'd be really interesting to hear what you have to say because we're both in agreement about this answer. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yeah. actually, wait, wait before this. Oh. Yes. What do you think about replacing our human parts just as they break down? Mm, that's a different question. I, is it? That I think we're gonna have to address is in it another no? episode. <laughs> Because that's a big question. I mean, that plays into like what makes us human. Like, is it because of our bodies, or is it like you know, if we have the same soul, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Different question. Oh my gosh. Oh episode. my gosh. That is one hundred percent my question for you next week. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. anyway so thank you that concludes our episode this week remember that all of our links will be on our facebook pages notes tab uh, and that's where you can check out the articles um, and the topics that we discussed that's right and use hashtag coffee talk for comments on any social media we ask a lot of questions over the course of the episode so just uh answer any of them using yeah. the hashtag it's awesome and um something we'd like to implement we really like for you guys to use a hashtag ask Ian Ivy so we can insert an advice segment at the end of the month so that would be pretty fun somewhere along the way <laughs> and then keep up with us on our socials so like our facebook page please uh follow us on twitter we are both um managing the same account so it's just at coffee w Ian Ivy. Yeah, and we can't forget about YouTube. Like we said, we have a lot of fun things planned. We promise they're coming. Mm -hmm. So please subscribe there so you can see snippets of, you know, future episodes and the other projects we mentioned. Yep. And then as always, you can listen to our future episodes or past episodes um, on SoundCloud. So we're at soundcloud.com slash coffee talk W-E-N-I-V. We're also on TuneIn as well as Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for going along with us. Mm -hmm. And tuning in to our coffee.